right, I'm recording. <laughs> Careful what you say. Welcome to season one, episode three of Strongly Worded. I am Sue O'Lear. And I'm Johnny Hampton. And we are once again coming at you from our dining room studio here in Palm Coast, Florida. Welcome back, Johnny. We've had a, an interesting couple days, haven't we? Yes. We've got our first two episodes out there. We're on Spotify now. Yes, we're big time. <laughs> so I, when you start a podcast and you want to send it out to all those places where you listen to podcasts, um, it takes a couple days sometimes when you're new to get approval. But Spotify approved us real quick. So Yeah, they must, they must need the content. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we are also hosted on Podbean, so you can uh, search Strongly Worded on Podbean, or we have a, a podcast player on our website at StronglyWorded.com, or you can find us on Spotify. Yes, and follow and download. And share. Yes, share. Tell your you. friends. Uh, we also had been waiting and received this week our theme music, uh, and we've been listening to it pretty much nonstop. <laughs> um, both our theme music and our artwork are from uh, uh, a couple people just starting out in their biz. I think they're both really, really good. Yes. They, neither one of them charged us enough money <laughs> for either one of those for as good as they are. But we hope you enjoy all that. We're certainly having a good time putting this together for you. So today, uh, we're here to talk a little bit about social media. And parenting, parenting and social media. Johnny and I are both parents. We're both dabbling in social media. I thought maybe, uh, since we always kind of start out with some exposition, talk to me a little bit about how you use social media and your introduction to social media. I use social media for information mostly um, and to keep up with family. Uh, my favorite social media sites are Twitter because I get information from there. First thing I do in the morning, actually is when I wake up, I check Twitter for news. It's where, it, Twitter is where I heard a lot of stuff about school shootings, because people just tweet about it as soon as it happens. And Facebook, I used to keep up with my family members. I have Instagram. I recently started using it more when I got bored, but I don't like taking pictures of myself that much, and I don't snap a lot at all, because I'm just, I'm from a, Era where you don't you didn't do those kinds of things. What was your first social media? First way one, back in the day, did you do MySpace? Yes, I did have MySpace. I didn't even use that that much. No, did you did you ever do like chat rooms and stuff like that? Oh yeah, the greatest story ever. So I didn't do chat rooms like AOL chat rooms or anything like that. I remember I'm old enough <laughs> to remember when the internet first started becoming this big thing. And I remember my friend Fred and I, he went to college, he went to high school and college with me. We would go to the computer lab at Baruch College and they had a chat room. It was called Hawaii Chat Universe. And you could go and chat with people from Hawaii. And we thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> because there were, we didn't have internet previous to, mm -hmm. you know, previous to that. So we would talk to, and then eventually people from all over the country would go to this chat room and you'd be talking to people from Michigan. You gotta remember, we used to have to write letters and put them in the mail. Right. right? So when that thing happened, it was, it was groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. But just like everything else, to me, that's made with pure innocence, it can be corrupted. 
Yeah, so chat rooms, AOL chat rooms were my first sort of foray into playing around on the internet. And I have a story too. I was in one of those chat rooms and I can't even remember what it was about, the theme of the chat room, but I met somebody in there and we ended up chatting for months. Mm. Um, his handle was Eskimo Man. He was from Alaska. Wow. And it was purely innocent. I mean, it was, it, it really truly was just innocent conversation. It wasn't at all inappropriate. And uh, this is when I was living in Ann Arbor and he had a business trip that he routed through Detroit Metro Airport. He routed a two hour layover or whatever mm -hmm. if I wanted to come and meet him. Because at that time it was pre 9-11, you could still go oh, anywhere yes, in the airport. Yes, yes. And so to meet him, and so I did. I, did. Well, I took a friend with me. Oh, okay. I didn't go. I mean, we were in an airport anyway. I didn't really figure I was going to get snatched. But, yep. And he brought me a book about Alaska. How about that? Yeah. I don't know what ever happened to him. But I don't remember. But anyway, that was. See, that's a good, see, that's a good social media story. I mean, that's, that's a good. That's a, started. Yeah, that's a good internet story. I've never, I never met anyone from the internet. I think like, by the time all that was going on, I had already had my first child. I was in a serious relationship, so I never did. I know my I know my best friend. He used to chat online and, mm -hmm. and meet people from time to time. But even even for him, it was like eventually he was like, "This is for the birds." Yeah. Because it just came too late for us, I think. Mm -hmm. Like so, we were a little bit like too mature to do online dating nonstop. And nonstop. Well, I think we had too much life without it, you know, to compare it to. I agree. I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, we used to get out and do things mm -hmm. and, and talk on the phone. We had to meet people getting drunk in bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at a party or, right. you know, you had to, you know, right. go places and mm -hmm. see people and actually yeah. interact, not just click a like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little different now. It is. So, uh, I remember I did MySpace and I did Facebook. I started Facebooking about the time we moved from Michigan to North Carolina because I could stay in touch with family and upload pictures of the kids. But then in about 2009, I started blogging. It was a period of time before, before Twitter really took hold. Yeah. I mean, Twitter was starting out, but before it really took hold and became what it is now, um, that's, what did they call that? Microblogging. But blogging itself was a was that kind of community. You could get really connected to people who wrote about kind of the same things you did. You'd follow each other's blogs. You'd put each other on your blog roles, so you know you could yeah. check them all the time. And it turned into kind of a thing for me. My blog uh, ended up getting a lot of followers and some attention yeah. and it evolved to a website and kind of a brand and I uh, went to conferences. Did you? <laughs> I did. I did and I, I was also working in fitness at the time and it was a health and fitness blog and some of my posts like I woke up one day um, to a, a friend, I'm air quoting friend because it wasn't somebody that I met in person, it was somebody I'd only kind of become friends with on the internet but she lived in Australia. And one of my posts and my blog got picked up in Women's Health Australia as one of the best blogs to follow that wow. year. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, it, it is. And so at the time, when I first started blogging, I didn't, I, I created a second Facebook account because I started getting likes from people I didn't know, people that just followed the blog. 
But now that other Facebook account is full of people that I've been friends with as long as I've been friends with anybody, 10, 10 mm. years. Some of them I met at these conferences, but it all started out because we read each other's blogs. So you know, that's a lot of positive interaction. Mm -hmm. I did. I had a very positive experience with it first, but um, it a couple things happened with with the writing. Uh, uh, one thing that happened is the town that we lived in in North Carolina, people started to find out about it. So I couldn't really be anonymous anymore. So people started to see themselves in some of the things that I wrote about. Now, it was funny. It had a, it was very, I mean, it was funny. And the joke was usually on me. Because mm -hmm. I think that's what's funny. I don't think it's funny to poke fun of somebody else. Right. But people could start recognizing themselves in some of the stories and situations. And it got more difficult to write about a class that I, Zumba class I went to, when people who were also in the same Zumba class could look for themselves in the story. And I could bump into them at the food lion. <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah, it was... The Piggly Wiggly. No. <laughs> yeah. And then there was also a period of time, and I think we'll touch on this later on in our conversation, where those sort of those 10,000 hits I was getting every so often starts to make you feel like you're something. Mm. Um, and I wasn't really anything, but I was... I mean, I guess that's natural, right, to... To, to get acceptance from people all over the world, all over the country, mm -hmm. and that's a boost to your ego. Mm -hmm. It can be an unnatural boost, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And those, those, those are the things I worry about when it comes to social media and kids, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of my main things. Um, some of it is it's, it's not real life. It's not real life. I say that to my kids all the time. It's not. You know, it's not real life. Yeah. Yeah, so I eventually shut the website down. So don't Google it if you know what it is because it's no longer what it was. <laughs> uh, uh, the, it was uh, Mrs. Fatass was the handle oh. that I wrote under. So if you Google it now, uh, you'll see naked people. You didn't see naked people on the site <laughs> when it was mine. What kind of blog was this again? <laughs> I know. Don't look at it. If you ever get real interested and want to dig, the first year's worth of posts uh, are published in a book. Now, um, a friend of mine, as a gift, slurped oh, wow. it and self-published it, and it's you know a beautiful bound copy. I don't know how it holds up though. I haven't read some of those posts in I, years. I did not know that I was podcasting with a superstar, <laughs> <laughs> with a blog a superstar over here. <laughs> I well now you know. <laughs> now you know. Uh, so yeah, so so that was my introduction to social media, and I too, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I glean it for information. Yeah, the only thing I don't have, I don't have TikTok. Like we have a TikTok. We, strong word, I don't know what to do with it. But I'm not going to be up there dancing. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just not going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, both of your kids grew up in the heart. They're growing up in the heart of the social media era. Mm -hmm. I have, I guess, a, a benefit. Although my oldest child says, oh, social media was big. No. Instagram started... No, Tiara was already in high school. She didn't grow up with it. Mm -hmm. And my son Anthony, it's always been around. So I have two different experiences, kind of. Mm -hmm. And I worry more with Anthony about the social media. That's why he doesn't, he only, he doesn't have many. He only has Snapchat. Mm -hmm. only, and that's only because one of his very best friends was like, oh, you got to get this. I was like, fine. 
cool. You can have it. But he doesn't have Instagram. doesn't have a Twitter. doesn't have Facebook. doesn't have TikTok. And sometimes I, want, I, I worry that I'm being too restrictive. And other times, I think I'm doing the right thing. It's, there's really no handbook. There isn't. And I don't, I don't know if he's mature enough to handle all the things that come with social. There's a lot of pressure, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a youth basketball coach, you know, I, I get kids all the time. They want to follow me, but I don't follow them back, especially if they're uh, a young lady. Only if I really know their parents and stuff like that. But I didn't, you see them and you see things. If you go to your search button or something like that, they're going to come up because they follow you. Right. And some of the things that they post, they irk me a little bit, just for lack of a better word. Like, you'll see young ladies all made up looking for likes. Hey, I just posted this. Go mess with it. Like it. Or you see young boys with their shirts off and their mama's $1 bills <laughs> acting, as, <laughs> acting like they're rich and posting that. And I just think that kind of culture is kind of bad for our kids to always be out there looking for likes. So with my kids, well, first off, on a lot of the platforms, kids aren't supposed to be able to create an account until they're 13. We all know how they, that they get around that. But mm-hmm. um, with Joseph... The one he really wanted was Facebook. And I said, no, not until you're 13. By the time he was 13, he didn't want one anymore. It was for old people then. It was for old people then. But he um, started getting connected to people gaming because I would let him connect with his cousins down here. Um, Or, you know, during the summer with some of his school friends or whatever. And during school, I would let him use my laptop from time to time. I would monitor it, of course. And then, of course, the one time I trusted him to go on to Google. Do you want to know what he Googled? (laughs) I'll ask his permission, and I can edit this out if he tells me not to tell this story. All right? But uh, they were starting to do research, I think, in school on stuff. Oh, my goodness. So he Googled (laughs) Earth's biggest boobs. Oh, my goodness. And biggest was spelled... B I G G I S T. I have no idea what that pulled up, but that was the beginning and the end of me giving him my laptop to, to research things. Yeah, see, I have an app that actually, <laughs> that actually monitors what Anthony Googles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. Yeah, most of what I've done with my kids and social media is. Uh, try to lock down after something like Earth's Biggest Boobs. <laughs> I've learned pretty much by making mistakes. See, that, that's the thing. And I, and I have as well. So when Tiara was in ninth grade, I want to say, she had a Kindle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Kindle was supposed to be, you know, for books, but you also could attach mm-hmm. to the internet. And we found out that she was sneaking around on her Kindle making video calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so one night I went in there and she was on her Kindle and she was on some social media page it was called Ask FM. And I guess you post something up there and random people can ask you questions. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it before, didn't know anything about it. I think this was even before smartphones were really big. And 
on that page, she talked about her sexuality. And for people who don't know, my daughter is, uh, well, I don't know, I would let her describe it. But as far as I know, she is a gay woman. Well, not a woman. She's fluid in her gender. That's the good right. Job. That's the right way to say it. Johnny, good job. So I'm learning. You're getting comfortable with it. Yeah. So she. Language. Yes. So she would love to hear me say that. But you know, she Tiara dates uh, same sex. Okay. I didn't know this until I saw it on her Ask FM page. On social media. So social media and the world knew this before her dad. And it's okay if I tell that story. Tiara won't mind that. That's not that big of a deal. But I, that, you know, it, it shocked me that Tiara was more comfortable doing that on social media than talking to her. The parents. Mm -hmm. So that is, I made mistakes too. Like we, were, <laughs> we weren't monitoring Tiara as we should or not. As much as we should have, because you know, Tiara was getting away with this. She was making calls to her friends middle of the night, and we, we didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't luck up then, who knows when I would have even found out about her sexuality? I would, it could have been years longer. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I alongside think social media makes you less social. I yes, isn't that funny how that happens? Yes, you know, I think you know, I I talk to my son all the time. I'm like, you know. When I was a kid, you had to actually talk to girls in your life. You couldn't just go to their Instagram page and like a picture. You had to write a note. Right. And you had to have two check boxes. <laughs> yeah. And back then, you had to actually articulate your feelings. <laughs> you couldn't just write on Instagram, you know, to be honest. Right. <laughs> Tell me what you think of me. Right. You know, it wasn't that easy. And I, so I think social media has made people less social mm -hmm. and at the same time more more dependent on what others think of you mm -hmm. so i've always been a person i don't really care what you i mean i care to a certain extent and i want you to think i'm a good man but i don't care if you think what i'm i'm handsome i don't care if you think i'm well dressed i don't none of that as long as my wife thinks i'm cool i'm all right mm -hmm. you know but nowadays especially especially with young ladies that I just feel like they are constantly looking for affirmation on social media, and I don't think that affirmation is real. No, I agree. Um, I did a little research, of course, today, because that's what I do <laughs> to draw it to steer the ship. Uh, the Pew Research Center says that two-thirds of parents say parenting is harder now than 20 years ago with social media and smartphones listed as the main reason why. Uh, and it talks a little bit about one of the things, um, I mean, it talks a little bit about how much screen time is too much or not enough. I know with Anthony, you set yes, you set that up. Yes, I, we have him go off at nine o'clock uh, every night. And I, we plug his phone up in our room so he's not texting or snapchatting all night um, where's the kindle <laughs> he doesn't the kindle's long gone but you know he has he actually has an ipad school issue mm -hmm. but he can't do much with that mm -hmm. but yeah we, we we plug up his his stuff and like i said it's a 
I find myself, you gotta strike a balance, right? Like I want him not to be up all night, but at the same time, I don't want him to be an outcast either. But I'm less worried about that. I think if he hangs out with the right people, they'll understand. So this, one of the things about smartphones and social media right now that is so different than when we were growing up is um, it shut off at a certain period of time, our socialization and our connection to everybody else. And this is nonstop. Another article that I read on, uh, I don't remember what, how social media changed the way we parent. I'll put these things in the show notes, but it talked about cyberbullying, one of the articles, and how bullying used to end when you got off the bus and got home so the kids could have a break. Regardless of whatever the situation, they could have a break from it. And now it's constant. It's it's this 24-hour cycle. of. It's a huge, huge thing. Um, I remember, you know, I was talking about in our introductory episode, like I don't understand how people tape assaults. Mm-hmm. They have actual social media pages for this. So a fight that you have with a kid can live forever. Now, if you get, you get into a fight, you get beat up, you get beat up. It used to be no big deal. Now everyone's posting it, reposting it, putting music to it, doing all these kind of things. So yes, the bullying is nonstop. And that combined with how they treat fighting in schools now. When I was a kid, someone said something about you and you heard about it, you could go see them. <laughs> and then you could you you could have a conversation about it. That that conversation could become a fight. You guys fought, maybe you got suspended a day or two, you came back and a lot of times after you fought that kid, guess what? You became friends with him. Mm-hmm. Now, you're on social media saying all this stuff because nowadays if you fight at a school, the police come. Right. And you can get charged with assault. Mm-hmm. And you can't you, you can't even you can't even settle things the old way. So these people are on social media talking all this trash about people because there's no repercussions to it. The laws haven't really caught up with cyberbullying as they in my opinion as they should. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. If someone is bullying my kid nonstop on social media, there should be some repercussions for that. You shouldn't be able to, I saw a post one day, a kid, and he was posting girls on his Instagram, asking other people to rate these girls. Now, if you would have put Tiara on that Instagram, and someone would have called Tiara ugly, I would have been trying to find you. but. You know, these kids took it in stride, but one, one I noticed made her page private afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because that's not normal to do. I see some of those things, though, as an extension of things we did growing up. We had slam books. Did you have slam books? I know what a slam book so is. So it was in writing right there and passed around to everybody. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. But even Not then, that that's a justification, America, because I think slam books are also... But a slam, Horrible. but a slam book can't be seen by hundreds and hundreds yeah. of people. Yeah, only who you pass it to. Right. So if you have an Instagram page that happens to be public, mm-hmm. and you're posting this stuff, and someone else searches, they see some young lady you don't even know. You could be in a different state, and they're calling this woman, this young lady, ugly, online. Mm-hmm. And though those are the things that make parenting hard. Because what do you what do you tell someone? Half the time they don't even tell you what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So they're not going to tell you, hey, this guy posted me on Instagram, called me ugly. So you're not going to even know about it. Right. They're going to be trying to deal with that. And I think social media and the internet has led to more anxiety and depression in our young people. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can make some correlations in. I'm no doctor. I'm an accountant. <laughs> so I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But I, I can't imagine growing up nowadays, if you don't have really thick skin or have a really good sense of self and self-worth, you can be eaten alive by some of this. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that a parent can do. I mean, you can try your best to instill in your kid that they're beautiful or handsome and smart. But or we all, screw what other people think. Right, but we all know that kids tend to gravitate towards their friends. Mm -hmm. And if their friends are all doing this social media thing, they're going to want to do it too. And I just, I just feel like cruising for likes is, is a bad way to set up your life. One of the first things I always say to Carolyn when she comes home antsy or upset or anxious and can't really mm. articulate why, one of the first things I do is say, put your phone down. You know, just disconnect from it. Just give me an hour. We'll go take a walk or we'll go ride down to the beach or we'll do something, but let's leave our phone on the kitchen table because I agree. I think that that constant connection to this, what other people think or you know, how many likes somebody has or whatever, it definitely, I think, increases anxiety. I think Carolyn is a pretty well-adjusted kid, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. She's um, pretty mature. Yes, I would agree with that. So she can sometimes, in her head, stand back and see what's happening, but she's still, she's still a 13-year-old kid, you know. Um, I was reading something that said social media... In parents even, and I'm probably thinking of parents who have kids younger than us, right? Because how the timing works, but social media has created a pause in our brains. When we see something, we pause so that we can document it. You know, we see something and we pause so we can snap it. Um, and, and in this sort of constant sharing or oversharing or comparing or putting all this stuff up about our kids, we're in effect teaching them to look for that kind of, um, like we create fame hungry kids No, I, 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 by setting that example. I, I think, yeah, I think that could be true. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. A lot of parents, Nowadays, everything is documented. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. And, you know, I document things from time to time. But it's not just in our photo album anymore to be pulled out, you know, when you are meeting your yeah. your kid's significant other and you want <laughs> to embarrass them a little. You know, it's not like that anymore. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's all over. See, I, I make my pages private, though. Every page I have, like, you have to request to follow me on Instagram. You can't just add me on Snapchat. I think I made Twitter public because it was just a little bit easier. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I had, like, um, Chuck D from Public Enemy followed me once. Nuh-uh. Uh, yeah, he follows me now. You talked about the Knicks. 
you are the one that's big time. <laughs> so, like, wow. I made my page public after that. I was like, Chuck D had that. <laughs> oh, man, and he did it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, yeah. I remember that. We were talking about the Knicks. But everything else is private because, and I and I tell, you know, I, I remember I had to tell some kids because a lot of kids, like, like I said, I coach youth basketball. A lot of kids find me on Instagram. They want to follow me. I tell them, no, I don't add everybody because my Instagram page is where I post myself and my family, and that's not accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I remember Anthony got mad at me once because I posted a picture of him on there, and like one of his friends or something made fun of him. I said, which friend was it? He told me, and I blocked that friend. And I didn't even tell him that, but I blocked that. That friend can no longer see my Instagram page, mm-hmm. because if you're going to take a picture of my son when he was a baby and make fun of him, you don't need access to what I'm doing. Right. But today, I don't know if kids do that. And kids play mean, mean games with social media too. You know, block people unnecessarily or play with you know, young boys, playing with young girls' emotions. And I, I see that stuff all the time and I hear it. And I don't, you know, you can't get involved in everyone's life. But those things are not real. You know, you can't grow up to be in college and mess with girls' emotions like you did on social media. So I just feel like social media is teaching our kids some bad things. Right. I mean, are, is it teaching them that they can? I mean, are we raising a generation of people that aren't going to be able to form healthy relationships as they get older? I think we all. I mean, if you, I can't think... You know, and I'm racking my brain now, so I'm pausing. I'm thinking of all the young people that I know and thinking of people who are of age to have those type of relationships if they've had healthy ones. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of one. Um, I just can't. Uh, they don't, it's like they don't value interaction or even life to a certain extent because social media has devalued everything. And I don't know if the, I don't know how it did that, but it you know, it seems like it has. And I have to tell people all the time like social media it's, it's just not real. If 75 people liking your picture because you made up all your face and you put a filter on, like you didn't even show them the real you. Mm-hmm. Or you shot a video and you edited a million times or you put this basketball layup on, and everyone thinks you're a great player, but you were using, losing the game by 60 when you took that. That's not real. Mm-hmm. So everyone's saying, oh, they love you, they think you're a great basketball player, and then they come to the games like, what, what's going on? Like, you, you have all these clips where you're so great, and in the games you're doing nothing. Or you see someone out in the town after you took a picture all dolled up, and you're like, you don't even look like this in real life. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel, I don't know how we're going to, Stop that. But we need to. We need to teach our kids what's real and what's not. And I, I try to do that with my with my son. I try to do that with Tiara. I think it's working. Um, and the reason I think it's working is because my son has not asked me for Instagram yet. Um, and I've, I've made it clear that I don't really want him to have it. But there's a lot of things I don't want him to have that he asked for. <laughs> but he hasn't asked for that. And I, and I think it's partly because I don't know if he's ready to subject himself to, you know, likes and dislikes. 
know, he'd rather do it. Uh, what what these young kids like is the Snapchat, because anything you do, it disappears. It disappears. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they they my son tries to get around like he'll he, he likes to snap and put a he'll put a message in the snap, and then I can't see what he said because mm-hmm. he doesn't like me monitoring him. He thinks a father shouldn't monitor his son. Like, no, I'm gonna monitor everything you do. <laughs> Before we totally pivot from this aspect of the conversation, um, I want to talk about the digital footprint. You know, that parents start creating for the kids and then the kids start creating for themselves without even realizing it. We see these stories in the news where a school Googles a kid that they're about to give a scholarship to. That's right. And a tweet comes up. That's right. You know, people, you know, I, I see a lot with the athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be tweeting when they were 13 or 14 and think it's funny to tweet out the N-word or make a racial joke. And it's out there and then they'll get drafted by a team and then it's all in the news. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> if you can't say it in real life, don't put it online. Mm-hmm. And that is true. Like the first thing I do every season, every season when I coach, get my roster, I Facebook the parents to see what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth, Ruth. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do it every season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't find them. That's cool. Other times I can't. And it's not to see, uh, like, if the kid is any good, because I don't care about that. Like, we, we're going to have to have fun. I'm going to try to teach how to play basketball. So you could, you could have never played ball before. That's fine with me. But when I look at your parents, I want to see, you know, what they've put out in the universe. Mm-hmm. What kind of personality I'm going to be dealing with. Because that's what people do. They put their stuff out there in public. So when you mean you Facebook them, you Facebook stalk them or you friend them? No, I search them. I stalk them. You just stalk them. I search them. them. I so if they're all locked down in private, you're like, oh, they know. Right. I don't <laughs> see anything. No, yeah. But, I, I, you know, I don't request... Basketball parents, I wait for them to request me because of my Facebook page. Right. Because I don't, my thing is private. And I talk about a lot of stuff that might not agree with you. But yeah, I do that with the kid. And then if a kid wants to play for me, I search him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Him or her. Again, you see what I'm, and I will use that when I'm coaching. I will tell a young lady, hey, if you got time to post TikTok videos at 2 a.m., you got time to work on your jump shot. I will tell them that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem doing it, but that's what you're putting in the universe. Right. And if you don't want me to see it, make it private. See, I, and that's another thing, like, in the thirst for follows, you have your page public because you want everyone to follow you. Mm-hmm. No. Even the bots. Right. You don't you don't want that. You wanna be private. So when you get to high school, like you said, if you're going for a scholarship and they Google you because they do, mm-hmm. you think the Kiwanis Club is giving a four year scholarship away and not doing their research on who they're giving it to? Right. No. Or when you try to go get a job. You yes. think I don't if I, I don't Google someone before I, I mean, get real interested in them? Yeah, of course. You know, you're gonna check out their LinkedIn page, you're gonna mm-hmm. check out and see, you know, what's going on. And if you've left that footprint and it's a bunch of bad things, mm-hmm. they might go with someone else yep. instead of you. But the kids don't realize that. 
Mm. All they realized is they got 400 likes from this video uh, where the dude had no shirt off and he was dancing with some girl. Well, the girl was in a bikini and she got 700 likes and so some rap song with a billion profane words. Right. And then they're going for a scholarship. And what happens? Oh, well, they're not gonna, and they're not going to tell you that they saw this. They're going to just look at it and say, oh, we're going to go to the next candidate. Mm -hmm. You'll never know what you did to turn them off. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. But I, I think when I was a kid, I wouldn't have. I, didn't, I don't even like my picture taken now. <laughs> Most of the pictures I have, you always see my wife in them because she's making me take these pictures. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for me, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm an old man now. Because I don't understand social media, how the kids use it at all. I just don't understand it. I don't understand taking a picture and asking if I look cute. I don't, I don't understand it. Because I don't care what you think. <laughs> if I think I look cute, that's good enough. Well, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, as our kids grow up, how the generation is in, a, in their adulthood handles it or how it continues or evolves. Because uh, certainly I hope that we're not raising a generation of people who can't connect. There was a Netflix documentary, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now, that talked about all this and talked about excuse me, how you shouldn't have your kids so locked in to social media until they become uh, older. And I just don't know. I can't remember what the name of it is. I'm going to I'm gonna find out and have Sue put it in the, in the, <laughs> in the notes, notes. And I'll mention it in the follow-up blog. But I watched it, and it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, not only for, but it was only for kids. It was for adults, too. How they get your information, mm -hmm. how they store your information, how they target you so you can become addicted to social media. Oh, I watched that, too. Yeah. The I Social Dilemma? Yes, that's what it is. The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix may have to cut us a check if a lot of people go watch it. <laughs> but, yeah, and it, it was a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you know, even me, I, I can't live without my phone. So I can't knock the kids that much. You know, I'm not some holier than that. You know, I don't leave my phone on the dresser and go out. I take it everywhere with me. It's, it's literally two inches from me now mm -hmm. as we speak. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I just, I just feel like the adulation that they're searching for is better served from other things than social media. The Strongly Worded Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Flagler County Basketball Program. For high-quality, community-based youth basketball, you don't have to look any further than the Flagler County Hurricane. Open to young people 8 through 18. Season starts November 7th. Sign up now at flaglerhurricanes.com. So, in doing some of my research, uh, something I did not realize, because 
I was, I was uh, an old, like a long time ago influencer with my blog. Mm -hmm. It wasn't called that then. And certainly it wasn't the... I'm potting with an influencer. <laughs> no, but it was different. I mean, you know, uh, companies would look at bloggers, mommy bloggers or fitness bloggers, depending. And they, if, if you had a particular reach and you could blog about their product. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, help them increase their sales. Now, at the time, um, at first, they didn't want to pay you money. You know, they would say, they would pay you in product, which doesn't pay the bills, right? So there was a lot at that time about the value of your following and negotiating with these companies to actually... And maybe those, that sort of helped in the evolution of where we are right now, where... Um, Social media influencers are responsible for, I think in 2019, I read it was like a $8 billion industry. I mean, it makes sense. Like if Kylie Jenner uh, holds up some lip gloss, mm -hmm. people are going to get it. Mm -hmm. um, if Rihanna uh, has this person wearing a lingerie line, mm -hmm. people are going to get it. Um, if some guy who has a million Instagram followers puts on a certain pair of headphones, people are going to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, those guys, uh, they're, they're making money off that. You know, I don't I don't know how you quantify that. To me, it's a little bit of a, like a follow leader type thing. Mm -hmm. Which again, that's advertising though. So, I can't say too much about that. They're getting paid. And they, I think there was a time when they were doing that and um, just getting paid for it. But now when they do it on Instagram, I think they have to tell you. Right. It's a paid advertising. Mm -hmm. yep. And so you can discern for yourself. Because it used to be they would act as if, oh yeah, I'm Kylie Jenner and I'm using, you know, these headphones. They're great. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, after, as soon as she snaps that picture, those headphones are in the garbage. She's using something else. Right. Now it has to tell you it's a paid advertisement. In some of those posts, you can get hundred thousand bucks for one of them. Well, I see that's what at least follow strongly worded <laughs> <laughs> to our our forty followers right now. <laughs> yeah, we we need to get we need to get those up. <laughs> I know, but uh, it, it is it's in and then you have kids saying I want to be an influencer. I I don't again. This is going to be like the I don't understand podcast because mm -hmm. I don't I don't understand being a social media influencer. And in our little small town, like we have we have one. We have one. We have one. We're hoping he'll come on the show. Yeah, we ha we have one. And even and we and we have a family. Mhm. Mm yeah, we have a family. And I bet if we asked her she'd come on. For sure. I would love to. Um and we have a family here. Like I'm not going to plug their YouTube page. They have enough followers. <laughs> But honestly, I've met them. I don't know the name of it. I so. do. Oh, okay. oh, I do. You know, it's funny. Um, their kids played in our basketball league in the summer. As soon as... So it's a family. Married husband and wife. They have several kids. They have a YouTube channel. They, it's almost like they're their own reality show. Mm -hmm. They document stuff. It's pretty cool. Not for me. Mm -hmm. Not something I would do. Not something I really understand. Because I like... My little bit of the anonymity, I can't even say the word. Uh, the most, I mean, 
when Sue sent me the thing for the bio for our uh, podcast page, I was like, oh, I got to tell people where I live. <laughs> like, like, what's <laughs> happening here? So I like to be anonymous. But they document everything, and they have a lot of followers. And I remember when she walked into the gym for the first time for her son's first game, my son lost his mind. Could not believe she was there. I'm like, well, who is she? <laughs> and he told me like two or three times, I'm like, who again? Like, I don't even... So, you know, and they, you, know, you can monetize those things, and if that's for you, I get it. But I, I don't like putting myself out there. Maybe that's just a me thing. And maybe I'm just... An old crabby guy who shouldn't be in this. Who's going to sit behind the microphone instead. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. I mean. Well, Carolyn, my daughter, Carolyn, and I have had some of these conversations because she uh, has said it from time to time. And I say, well, what do you want to influence people about? I mean, she's a great communicator. She's a mature kid. She's got a really sharp mind. Why don't we use those powers for good? <laughs> and not about how to sell widgets or whatever that's not plug lip gloss with it what how can we turn that into something positive for the world she could easily do a teenager podcast and talking about important things and it would be fantastic she is very mature but but that's the thing so you can't really make any money doing that, though, right? Like, you know, <laughs> no, like, you it's know, not salacious enough. Today I'm going to tell you about you know, <laughs> how to get good grades. <laughs> no one is checking for that. <laughs> and that's what I mean. So you got to go to the lowest common denominator sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That, that's interesting. I, I think, you know, my son probably would put all his basketball stuff on the YouTube page if he could. Because mm-hmm. he sees that all the time. But, yeah, I mean, what will you influence? Mm-hmm. Are you, do you just want people to wear a certain type of jeans? You, you want to go out there and make jokes and do pranks? Right. Do you want to do that? Um, I don't see how that impacts the world. No. Like, at the very least, with the family we're talking about, you see family stuff, mm-hmm. family dynamics, and love, and... So that you get that comes across when I watch their videos. Right. So that that's what they're doing. They're showing you, hey, this is how our family works, the love that we have. They show them going to football games. That's great. It's mm-hmm. not here, yeah, wear this lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Or I'm out here today in Walmart joking around, getting laughs. And you see that on TikTok, you see it everywhere. Like I saw something the other day where a guy was throwing stuff up in the air and it was hitting people in the supermarket. And he would turn around and he would wonder where it came from too. And like that that was his thing. Like I so that's cool, but don't throw anything on me in a supermarket. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So I yeah, I, I think we have too many kids who use their powers for the mundane, for right. the mediocre. Exactly. And that bothers me too. The whole thing. Get off my lawn. No, no. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Like <laughs> our new tagline. <laughs> All that stuff bugs me, and it worries me for the future because that's not how you can operate in life. That's just the thing. Like you, you can't operate in life looking for adulation from people you don't even know or care about. They don't care about you. All they care about 
is what you're showing them at this moment in time, which is probably the best version of you that you made up that is not even a real you. Right. So, now let's try to flip it for just a second and see if we can come up with some situations where social media in the hand of our youth is a good thing. And I have an idea for what I'm going to throw out first that you and I kind of talked about this morning. Uh, with everything, I mean, yes, you can snap your own beautiful photos now just with your phone. You mm-hmm. can filter them, make them look beautiful or whatever, and maybe not real, but you can also make music. You can self-promote. I self-published a book, something that you couldn't really do so easily 20 years ago. Um, we, I have who I call my bonus kid living with me, and he's a musician. Yes, We'll take a second to play a little bit of one of his songs. Yes, today was his birthday. Today is his birthday, yep. And he's turned 18, and he recently joined one of the teams that I coach. And I don't know him that well yet. I will get to know him, because I get to know every kid I coach. Scars on my body got me thinking about my past. I want to give my mama all the shit she never had. We argue I don't listen, only the house and leave a sad shit. I had to learn myself, because I ain't never had a dad. No, no. Can you step into my shoes? I can't trust her, so I might come off very rude. My niggas went on chases, free my niggas on the nose. All my niggas coming with me, cause switching is no cool. How you saying that you want me when you left when I was a little But his 18th birthday is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, it was his birthday. Now, mind you, I found out on, not only from you, but I found out an Instagram post <laughs> from, another, from another player who had it in her story that it was her birthday. So I clicked on the link, and I went to send him a message to tell him happy birthday, some positive vibes for him. Um, and I noticed he had a link to music. Now, I'm the type of person that I always check out and support independent music, or anything really independent. If, you, if you're writing a book, if you, if you post it, I'm going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you honest feedback. Like, if I think this is not it for you, I'm like, yeah, listen, maybe you just take... <laughs> So I checked out his, he has an EP that's on iTunes. I didn't, like, I, didn't, I had no clue he did any music. No one's ever told me this. And I've, and I've seen him, he came out every FPC game last year that I coached. I, I didn't know he made any music. And I played it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played it for my son, and he was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, you know, and I told him who it was, and he said, oh, wow. But my son can't get it because I took explicit lyrics off his. <laughs> so I mean, we have to have a conversation about that. But yeah, I mean, if you use social media in the right way, mm-hmm. it can be very good. You can promote yourself. You can build communities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the you know that that is the good side. So I don't hate it all. I guess mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I found I found his music, and I'll probably be listening to it now. Mm-hmm. I'll probably stream it because it's actually pretty good. We'll play a little bit for you, and I will put the link in the show notes to Self Made Geo. Um, but I agree. I think that in the right hands with the right direction, and I don't know that he's had any direction or what kind of direction he had. Maybe it's an outlet because he doesn't have a lot of direction. But in used in the right way, it, it can do what it was intended to do, which is to connect us. Right. 
and that's what I and that's what I think you know but everything every invention you know, internet social media was made you know in a positive light but we always find a way to screw it up always find a way and there are people who are finding a way to screw this up but as you said there are positive things you know so yeah I agree with that I agree with that now I know you know my son has a Snapchat group with all the people who play basketball. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Because it's a community, it's a family. Mm -hmm. um, they pick each other up when they're down. And that I like. Yep. You know, so I guess I don't hate it all. You, you've got me. You've I know. Got, well, I'm definitely trying to wrap things up <laughs> on a positive note, too, without us sounding like curmudgeons. Oh, no, I sound like that. I got so I'm sorry, y'all, but <laughs> when it comes to social media, I, got, I have strong opinions, and you know I just want it to be used the right way, mm -hmm. um, and it's not always used the right way, and it, it's not only kids though. We'll, we'll talk about adults in social media maybe one day too, mm -hmm. because that's also a big thing. Because I I got a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. That'll have to be a, you put a pin to be continued. You put, put a, a pin, pin in it. <laughs> Well, one of the great ways we will use social media, uh, are using social media, um, one thing, I, and maybe now that we have a few, a few followers and a few episodes, um, it's time for a private Facebook group so we can talk about some of these things uh, at more, you know, with more depth. And um, certainly where people who do follow along and listen can, can share their thoughts with us or even ideas about topics coming up. Another a uh, place where we are hopefully putting good out into the social media world is at our website, www.stronglywordedpod.com. We are on Instagram at stronglywordedpod. We're also stronglywordedpod on TikTok. Yes. Yes. We are the Strongly Worded Podcast on Facebook. That's just a public page, like the fan page, where we will let you know when we upload new episodes. On Twitter, however... We had too many letters. We are st at strongly worded P. I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm never giving that out. <laughs> I'm not going to say that on the I mean, I could probably, I don't know what I could, I could probably change that. But for now, that's where we are. No, we got to keep it now. Now we do. Check out our last word blog where you can read our episode Afterthoughts at our website. Um, if you are interested in advertising or being one of our show sponsors, we have really good rates. <laughs> probably more affordable than you think so shoot us an email at stronglywordedpod at gmail.com all right johnny any last final thoughts any final strong words yes uh parents monitor your kids social media make sure they're using it in a healthy way uh, not only for other kids but for themselves um, the last thing we we want as a community is for kids to get so caught up in social media that it affects them emotionally. So that's that's all I gotta say about that. Strong words. I guess I'd probably echo them. Don't do the opposite of what I did, which was to pretty much <laughs> let them have it until I felt like I needed to go sift through it. There's no handbook. There's no handbook. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Wrongly worded with Johnny. Uh,
The Strongly Worded Podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art 